Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Check one, check one. Check one. Check one. Good morning. I'm Liz. We're starting that over. Good morning. My name is Liz and I am the children's and young adult pastor here at Bridgewater Church. And wherever you find yourself streaming from this morning, we are so glad that you have found your way here to join with us. You're joining us during a series called Come Back. And we're in about week seven of this series, I think. And we've been working through the book of Acts together, looking at stories of people like Peter, who went from being a lawkeeper to a legacy leader. Like Paul, who was an assassin turned apostle. And like Moses, who was this black sheep of Egypt, who became the shepherd of God's chosen people. All of these men and women, don't worry, we are going to be studying the story of Lydia in just a couple of weeks. They all experience some kind of comeback transformation in their lives. We've been revisiting this definition of the word comeback each week, so let's check it out together now. It says this. To make a comeback means to return to life, to regain a favorable position, or to recover from a deficit. And as we've so clearly studied over the last six weeks, God is a comeback-loving God. They love to take a situation that looks hopeless and bring miraculous hope to redeem stories of brokenness and of loss and turn them into stories of celebration and of incredible favor. The Bible's full of stories like these, well before and well beyond the book of Acts. And in fact, we can really look at the Bible as this one big, giant comeback story. In my children's ministry world, this is how we start talking about the Bible with our kiddos from the very beginning, as this epic adventure full of history, stories, letters, and poetry that tell us that God created us and loves us so much that they made a plan to rescue us, us, all of us. This is a story not only about individual personal comeback, but about community comeback about God's people, all of humanity, being brought back into wholeness and into communion with God. 
I think that sometimes it can get pretty easy to begin to focus exclusively on our personal comeback stories. I'm confident that I spend a disproportionate amount of time, whether it's in the Word or in prayer, focusing on what it all means for me rather than what it means for the community around me or even for humanity as a whole. Our personal comeback stories are impactful and meaningful and important, but they contribute to an even greater story of victory. So this morning, rather than looking at an individual in the book of Acts, where we find this fledgling community. We're going to check out the beginning of chapter six together, looking at this community of believers as they need to kind of strategically move from a self-centered posture to a servant-hearted space of leadership and of action. We're gonna start out by reading the passage together from start to finish, it's only seven verses, and then we'll dive into a few specific points as we work through it together this morning. Let's check it out. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 7. Now, during those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the Spirit, and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. The word of God continued to spread. The number of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Okay, I wanted us to have kind of a complete picture of what we're diving into here. But now we're going to wrap back around to verse 1 and look at our first step toward community comeback. Verse 1 reads, Now during those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, The Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. A community comeback begins with recognizing need. Let's get a little context here. The descriptor of the timing is simply that it was in the days that the disciples were increasing in number. So if we go back to the previous chapters in Acts, some of these chapters are ones that we've already worked through together and studied during the series. We find out that this comes after the day of Pentecost, that amazing day when the Holy Spirit fell on the community of believers and they began to just minister in very unique, incredible ways. People began to hear about Jesus and respond. And these new believers began to face Pretty intense persecution there in Jerusalem, but they persist, just like Jesus had asked them to do. In chapter 5, verse 42, we're told that every day in the temple and at home, they did not cease to teach and proclaim that Jesus was the Messiah. This community of people is all in, and it's growing at an incredible rate. And with this kind of exponential growth come a few challenges. Have any of you ever experienced that? Maybe you've gotten into a project that got rolling at a speed that you entirely did not anticipate. It happens in 
businesses, and it happens in organizations, and it even happens in churches all the time. And as it does, needs arise that no one expected or planned for on the front end of the project. In our passage in Acts, the need is that the Hellenist widows are not receiving the portions of food that should be supplied to them. Remember, this is a community that shares everything and that cares for each other. And the Hellenists and the Hebrews are potentially headed into a conflict. Now, here's what you need to know about these two groups of people. The Hellenists were Greek-speaking Jews who had really adopted many of the elements of the Greek culture around them. So they were believers who were Jewish by heritage, and they were very assimilated into the culture around them. Now, the Hebrews would have been Aramaic-speaking Jewish believers and would not have been so engrossed in the Greek culture. So already we can recognize that within this body of believers, there is diversity. There are some separate lines of thinking and maybe of living. They're literally speaking different languages at times. And when I think of passages in Acts like what we see in Acts 4, 32 through 35, it can get easy to forget some of that diversity. Let's, let's look at that passage. It says this. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each. So now, where we're at now in our chapter 6 passage, they've continued to grow, both in number and in diversity. And those who were there at the very beginning have a choice to make. They could choose to just kind of pat themselves on the back and begin to dwell on what would most benefit themselves, or they could lean into the original mission that Jesus gave them and look outward to the needs of the people. A community comeback begins with recognizing need. As I was reflecting back on some of the stories that maybe we even heard in the news over the last year and a half of communities coming together to care for each other, even in similar ways, similar needs as what we see here in Acts, I remember the story of a teenager here in Cincinnati named Trip Wright. Tripp, who was 17 at the time when the pandemic began. In fact, the article that I grabbed this from um, was published on April like 12th, 2020. So right at the beginning of things shutting down and all of these needs arising. So Tripp developed this website called Zoom Food that lets senior citizens and at-risk individuals make an online shopping list requesting a delivery and having a volunteer deliver the groceries right to their doorstep for no cost. And he had this to say when WLWT was interviewing him for the story. I thought if I have free time in between doing my school online and my homework, if I can help out those who need it most, then I want to go ahead and do that. He started just by recognizing a need. And almost overnight, he had 50-plus shopping and delivery volunteers and hundreds of dollars of donations pouring in. Tripp began a community comeback by simply recognizing a need. This community here in Acts, they had a need. There was injustice that had been brought to light, and the disciples chose to recognize that need. 
What needs exist in the communities that you and I are a part of? We know that we're a part of God's comeback story and that a community comeback begins by recognizing the need. So we need to get intentional, like Tripp did, about looking around with open eyes for the needs of the world around us. Oftentimes, we can discover the needs of our brothers and sisters by simply listening to them. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, The first service one owes to others in a community involves listening to them. Just as our love for God begins with listening to God's word, the beginning of love for others is learning to listen to them. God's love for us is shown by the fact that God not only gives God's word, but also lends us God's ear. We do God's work for our brothers and sisters when we learn to listen to them. So friends, let's take time to listen to someone with new ears this week. Let's listen through the lens of God's love, ready to hear and to recognize the needs around us. And then let's be ready to participate. We're going to go back to our passage in Acts and see what the disciples choose to do with what they recognized. Verse 2 to 5 says this. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. So the disciples, they call the people to come together and to take action. Our second step today is this. A community comeback requires willing participants. Now, the disciples really had an array of options in response to this need. Some of the ones that they did not choose. A, they could have just tried to figure it out on their own. B, they could have told the Hellenist population to just go figure out how to care for their community by themselves. They could have ignored the need altogether. In reality, all of that would have probably felt easier than what they decided to do. But instead, they strategically invite community members to get involved. And seven men stand up to the task. Here's what I love about this. Not only do they make a plan to care for the needs of the widows, but they do it in sustainable and unifying ways. Let's play out those other hypothetical options a bit. So option A, taking care of the problem themselves. While this option would have kept them in control, they recognized that it wasn't the best use of their time or their callings. That second part in verse 2 that says, therefore, friends, select from among yourselves. Oh, no, wait, back up a little bit further. It says, it's not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. That's not a dig at people who wait tables. What they're saying is that they've been called to study and to share the gospel in a unique way. They weren't just guessing at this or assuming it. There had been fruit of their evangelism. This is how the community had continued to grow in the way that it had because they were focused on the task that Jesus had specifically called them to. Our hypothetical option A, to just take care of the need themselves, wasn't sustainable or obedient to the calling that God had on their lives. What about option B, telling the Hellenist population to just take care of it on their own? Could they have figured it out? 
Maybe. But would it have been unifying to the body of believers? Absolutely not. Injustice in any form is divisive, and it's not of God. Embracing this need together would prove to equip and empower rather than to separate. Even when we feel like a need might not be our responsibility. Even when it seems like there should be someone else to take care of the problem, God is calling us to be willing participants. And then what about option C? Ignore the problem altogether. Just let it fade into the distance. Let's be honest. How many times have you or I recognized a need and then pretended like we didn't know it existed? Or maybe not pretended, maybe just the lack of action showed that that's how we were behaving. I know, it's, it's not a fun reflection, but if we want to see community come back in our families, in our neighborhood, in our church, in the world around us, it's time to get real about our willingness or lack thereof to participate. It would have been sinful for the disciples and those in leadership to ignore the needs of the least in their community Regardless of whether or not they felt like it should be their responsibility, regardless of whether or not they had the time, regardless of the different lifestyles that the Hellenistic people and the Jews were accustomed to. Hear me on this. If there's a need that we have recognized in our community and we push it aside for the sake of ease or of ego or of stubbornness or of judgment toward others, we are being disobedient to God. We're called to care for the least of these. And I understand that this can be an overwhelming conviction or realization. The needs in the world around us truly are great. So first, hear this. God has placed you intentionally into community. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Maybe it's your life group. Maybe it's your workplace. It's the circle of people that God has placed you in. So just start there. What do you see around you? What are you listening to as the people around you share? What needs do you see in your circle? Then, remember that you're not alone. The disciples didn't go into panic mode and run to option A to care for it by themselves. They look around at the community that God is creating, and they strategically invite others to join in helping to meet that need. They recruit seven men, and all seven willingly step up to the plate. It's time for us to be willing participants in a community comeback. Whether you're a leader who recognizes a need initially and then has to navigate through the options, or maybe you're invited to help meet a need that you didn't even know existed. A community comeback requires willing participants. Has God been inviting you to participate in something that maybe you've been pushing off? Have you been holding on to a project or a dream that God's actually asking you to invite others to join you in? The mission of God is not going to be accomplished through independence, but through dependence. Dependence on each other and dependence on God. So let's be willing participants as God shows us what it looks like to make a community comeback. Letting go of ego, of judgment, and embracing the gifts that God has uniquely given to each one of us. So then what? What happens next? We've recognized the need. The people are willing to participate. So let's now check out verse 6 in our passage in Acts. It says this. They had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. It's a quick little line. 
but it has the potential to shift the focus of everything. Let's read it again. They had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. Step three in a community comeback is this. A community comeback happens by God's anointing. A community comeback happens by God's anointing. Before they tell the Hellenists that they've got it all covered, before they lay out some big logistics plan, before they pull out the eight-foot tables and put on some gloves, they pray over the willing participants. They ask for God's anointing over these seven men and over their ministry. Without the anointing of God on the best laid plans, they are simply the plans of humans. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Proverbs 19.21, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. This community of new believers in Acts, they were all about the Lord's purpose. They put their focus on the anointing of God rather than on the skills of the men that had been chosen. We even see that they chose this team with that in mind when it tells us that Stephen was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Man, isn't that a team that you want to be a part of where the first way that they describe somebody is by their faith in God? Community comeback only happens by God's anointing. If you've been dreaming or praying for a comeback in a community that you're a part of, if you've recognized a need and you've surrounded yourself with willing participants, but haven't consecrated it to God or asked for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, friends, you're about to wear yourself ragged over something that God probably wants to pour blessing and favor all over. It is so easy to get lost in the weeds. And I say this honestly, as, as someone who has spent their entire professional life over a decade in pastoral ministry, I confess to you that, that I have started too many team meetings. I've started planning too many events, started too many volunteer phone calls, started too many strategic plans without first pausing to pray for the anointing of God. It's this self-centered obsession or pursuit that leads to ego explosions and to personal burnouts. We aren't called to do any of this in our own power, whether it's planting a church or helping a neighbor plant a garden. We need the anointing of God on our lives if we're going to see the community come back that God is calling us to. Give your plans over to God. Pray for your leaders. Encourage those who are serving in different ways than what you're called to. Begin each day by asking for God's anointing over the communities that he has placed you in. A community comeback only happens by God's anointing. And this brings us to the last verse in our passage in Acts. Chapter 6, verse 7 reads, The word of God continued to spread. The number of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Step four in God's plan for community comeback is this. A community comeback goes beyond. Remember where our story began? It began with the needs of that needed to be met. It began with widows in a Hellenistic population that were not receiving the food that they needed. The people recognized the need. Willing participants stepped up to the plate. They prayed for the anointing of God. And look at what it does not say. 
It does not say, and all of the widows got fed, and they lived happily ever after. No, a community comeback goes beyond. Beyond what we expected, beyond what we thought we needed, beyond even the initial vision that God has given. The willingness and the leadership and the unity of the early believers here in this passage in Acts led to the continued spread of the word of God, to an increasing number of disciples, and to a great many of the priests becoming obedient to the faith. You guys, this part is wild. The priests would have been among the strongest of Jesus' opponents, and yet here they are, a great many of these influential men, becoming obedient to the faith. Now, I don't know if their conversions happened all at once or if maybe it was a gradual process as they listened to the disciples teach in the temple day after day. Maybe they saw the unity of the believers, Hellenists and Hebrews, Jews and Gentiles, and noticed that something about this group of people was alluring and that it didn't look like the rest of the world. Maybe they just saw how these people loved and took care of each other. We don't know for sure, but what I do know for sure is that when God calls us to a community comeback, it goes beyond. Just like the stories that we've read in Acts during this series, and like countless other stories of incredible God-anointed comebacks throughout history, the story doesn't stop here. Our comebacks, both personal and communal, are part of the rescue plan of God to reconcile humanity unto themselves, Me and you, we are a part of this plan, just like I remind our kiddos every week. We are a part of this great, big story of God. And no matter where you land in your comeback journey this morning, God is calling you beyond. Maybe you were with us last week when Pastor Drew had us physically take a step forward saying that we were moving forward, we were taking that next step in our comeback journey that Jesus is calling us to. Maybe for you this morning, it looks like taking some of those very first steps in your relationship, in your walk with Jesus. He is calling you to go beyond. And we would love to help in any way that we can. If, if you are new to all of this, if you have questions about who Jesus is and about what a comeback can mean in your life, please feel free to reach out to us. You can direct message us here on Facebook or on YouTube. You can always reach out to the church office and a pastor will get back to you as soon as they can. Maybe this morning you're beyond. looks like listening, looks like recognizing a need in your community for the first time. Look around. Is it a neighbor that maybe you can help with childcare? Is there a mindset shift that you need to make in the way that you perceive an issue or a people group? Is there a need here at the church that you feel like you are equipped and called to meet? Let's be willing participants in this adventure that God has called us to. And ultimately, each one of us needs the anointing of God on our lives to experience the beyond that lies ahead. So this morning, as we begin to close together, let's pray for anointing over our own lives and over the lives of those around us. In fact, if you're in a space this morning, if you're watching with other people, 
Um, I even invite you to pause right now to just pause the video in just a second and to spend time praying over each person that's in that room, asking for specific anointing over them, that God would help them to recognize the needs that he's called them to, that God would help them to have willing hearts and postures, that they would be participants in his mission, that God would show them the more that is beyond. Spend some time praying together over those things and then join us right back here because we'll be here together still and we're going to pray in this space right now as we close. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for these incredible stories of comeback. God, we thank you for stories like Peter and like Paul and stories that we're going to learn about in the next couple of weeks where you have brought incredible personal comeback that has impacted the world around them. God, we thank you this morning that you show us what it looks like to make a comeback as a community and how we can participate in those things. God, I ask that even today that you would begin to open our ears and our eyes to the needs of the world around us. God, that we would not push those needs anywhere else, that we would look them in the face. God, that we would be prepared to participate in whatever ways you've called us to. God, I ask that you would give us courage as we do this and that you would draw us closer together as we serve alongside of each other in this mission that you've called us to. God, I ask that as we are willing participants and as we give these things to you, that there would be an incredible anointing of your spirit over each person, um, God, that is serving you. God, that we would know what it feels like to be so empowered by the Holy Spirit. God, that people would come to know you in new ways, Jesus, and that you would give us new vision for the things that are beyond. God, we thank you that you invite us into this mission, that you invite us to help bring healing and wholeness to a broken world, and we thank you for the honor of that. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Friends, we're so glad that you found your way um, to this little corner of the internet today. Um, and if there are ways that we can be praying for you, if there are any questions you have um, about the Bible, about God, about who Jesus is. There are no silly questions. We would love to help you answer those. Feel free to use direct messages or comments or shoot us an email anytime, and we'd love to be in touch. You're always welcome to join us here at 3100 Princeton Road as well on Sunday mornings. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our eFamily, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.